Welcome everyone to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom Capitalist Mastermind. This is the podcast to help you advance God's kingdom, both through your life and your business. And today we have a, a, an incredible guest. I'm so excited about this topic because I know for me as, a, as an investor, I have struggled with this issue of how do my, how does my desire for impact and my ethics and my morals really align with my desire or needs to build a financial future for my family? Um, and, and how do those things come together? And, and how do we really even give thought to, to, to both of those? Because typically those things are so different. We tithe, right? Or we give to our church and then we invest. And today we have a leader in the faith and investing community uh, Mr. Wes Lyons. I'm going to read his bio real quick and I'll introduce him. Wes is the leader in faith-based investing, both in the public and private markets. He's a co-founder and general partner of two private equity funds. Uh, he's made over 40 investments across real estate, venture capital, asset-backed debt, hedge funds. He's co-founded what we're going to talk about today, faithbasedinvesting.co, uh, which helps people discover the world of faith-based investing. And he's out of Dallas, Texas. So everyone, welcome to the show, Mr. West Lyons. What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. Glad to be here, Alice. Listen, man, I'm so excited for this topic. We talk a lot about real estate on the show and you know how people are using that vehicle for investing. Uh, but today we're gonna talk about a little bit some other stuff, mutual funds and debt and and even just kind of the private equity space in general. And so, man, really just really excited to have you on. So um before we get going, it'd be okay if I just pray for us. Oh, please do. All right, let's do this. Yeah, we are so grateful for this time. And this is an important topic because it's so evident that capital really does equal influence. And God, when we can learn to not just accumulate capital, God, but we can really learn to steward that and, and place that in such ways that have influence for your kingdom. God, that your name could be made great, how powerful those two things are. And so um, just grateful for Wes and his mission and faith-based investing and pray that this would be a time that really serves our audience uh, to really think about how do we steward the resources that you've given us, the talents that you've given us to be able to go and multiply those resources, God, for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. May this be an eye-opening podcast for so many. May our hearts be ready to receive uh, more of your spirit and instruction in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Okay. So uh, Wes, man, tell us a little bit about, let's, before we get in faith-based investing, who's Wes? We want to hear more about you, man. So I grew up in a missionary home, absolutely got to fall in love with Jesus at a young age and uh, went into the military for almost 10 years, got to uh, do naval aviation and uh, a very different world from the, um, from the investing world that I'm in right now, loved it. And in 2015, got to um, jump out and um, join um, a private advising firm led by a believer. And um, that quickly dominoed into these private equity opportunities and uh, have just had a chance to meet some amazing entrepreneurs, amazing investors. And uh, more and more, it's becoming clear that um, my calling is to walk with investors and entrepreneurs who are bringing healing to the world. There's a lot of broken things, and I think it resonates with so many, so many of us that finding, finding ways to heal it are really exciting. 
thing, especially when you can do things that are scalable. Um, and what we keep finding uh, across real estate and um, and private equity, venture capital, and we're seeing in the public markets as well, I think we'll focus on today, is that there are a ton of companies that are living out, um, in some cases it's just the golden, golden rule, treat others the way you wanna be treated, in many cases like actually living out a Christ-centered faith and doing well, really well because of it. Um, and uh, there's some narratives that are, that are getting busted up. It took me, um, I've been on a journey myself as well of kind of my initial tastes into faith-based investing. I gave up on it. It didn't make sense to me. People were just preaching like cut, cut out the tobacco and alcohol. That's, that's <laughs> what it means to be a faith-based investor. And it wasn't that inspiring to me, uh, but it's, uh, it's really become my calling and I absolutely love it. Yeah. So that's what I want to hear first, man. Like how did that begin to form? And maybe just let's double click on that. Because you started advising, and I know your faith was always important, but where was the real need that you begin to see of how do we help people begin to align both our faith and our investing needs? I felt the hunger and the desire to figure it out from the beginning, but my, like I said, my, my initial forays, all I found were these kind of negative narratives of faith-based investing means getting call it these five things or these seven uh, things out of your portfolio and it wasn't inspiring to me mm -hmm. um, what kind of brought me around was just amazing entrepreneurs honestly who were building fast-growing companies that would just love people at every touch like redemptive products sold in redemptive ways scaling and mm -hmm. transforming lives and making money and you go wait a second at some point at some point they just kind of captured my imagination for if this is possible and I keep seeing it, then shouldn't all investing be like this? Mm -hmm. um, and that sent me on for a, I mean, that's, that became Eagle Venture Fund. It's mm -hmm. what the, what we're doing in real estate, but then came back to the public markets and said, can you find anything like this? And started to find out that there's Eventide and Praxis and Calvert and Guidestone and a number of folks that um, have these great track records. And yeah. uh, there's an amazing story to tell there uh, that most people, I, I'm just hearing it more and more that when people start to catch a vision of what's going on, they'll go, why haven't I heard about this? Everybody needs to know about it. Like, seriously, this is possible. It sounds too good to be true. Right. You know? Right. So that's so why. De define for me then, that. define for me. So your, your website is faithbasedinvesting.co and yeah. it's more of an educational platform from what I can tell and what place to connect to advisors, correct? At yes. faithbasedinvesting.co. So define for me though, what is faith-based investing? Like if you say, hey, you know, like, what does that even mean for you? Like, how would you define it inside of your company or for your advisors? So I define it as holding two things in tension, where Wall Street has said for years um, that the only purpose of a company is to make a profit. It's a single mandate investing. We're saying that um, for faith-based investors, there's a dual mandate. Um, there's the risk adjusted returns, if you're not making a good return, that's you're probably not doing a good job of investing. But there's also the other hand of the impact your portfolio has on the world. And we like to do a classic quad slide because who doesn't like a quad slide? And, um, <laughs> and on one axis show the, uh, the impact and on the other axis show the risk adjusted return and say, 
here's we're predicting that the advisor of tomorrow in five or ten years everybody is going to expect their advisor to hold these two things in tension and that great advisors will be able to drive to the top right um, of that graph with great performance and great impact and that the nuances come in all the how's you how you do that yeah. and that encompasses everything in faith-based investing because all that work that's been put in for 25 years on negative vetting we say yes cutting things harmful things out are one of the ways you push up the positive impact of a portfolio it's also really powerful to um i mean one of the examples that i love is calvert impact bonds if you lend to them you're making a uh, a decent profit and they're putting money directly into like cdfi lenders so you're getting your money to flow directly through to minority small businesses that are having trouble getting capital like you're dealing with systemic uh inequality the issues through a for-profit vehicle. Um, I'm curious, like, so that. like I'm curious because you know most your your typical average, I say average investor, everyday investor. Like where where are we falling short in the process, Wes? Is it and maybe you would say all of the above, right? Like that the sense that our churches aren't teaching about investing in money in a way that helps us educate and think more deeply about our investments, or is it on the advising side? that we just don't see these type of opportunities, right? That Wall Street is really only showing you kind of one way of investing. I mean, where, where have you seen is the, is the gap to really be, being able to bridge these things? And, and how, are you, how are you trying to bridge that gap? The, um, I really believe in one of the core convictions I believe about people actually is that there's a lot of people that want to make a difference and if you show them how um, they tend to really want to take those steps if it becomes really clear mm -hmm. and i believe that that's incredibly true of the american church that if they just hear the story and it becomes clear how to take those steps who wouldn't jump from the s p 500 into another fund that over the last 10 years has done better than the s p 500 and here's the laundry list of good they've done and we wouldn't want to do it you know <laughs> um there's uh, and it's not that simple i'm over oversimplifying um but there are stories like that that, that are worth waking up um to seeing so it's a story that needs told and there's also um Kingdom Advisors is the biggest name in the space. They have done a just class act job of training about a thousand advisors that they've designated certified Kingdom Advisors at how to biblically wise financial advice. Mm -hmm. So if you go and engage a CKA, you're going to get awesome advice on debt and insurance and estate planning, all, all these things from just a really like Ron Blue's totally anointed with how to teach advisors to teach people about biblical advice. Mm -hmm. um, He's is incredibly good at it. They are just beginning their journey on faith-based investing. So there's only a subset of those who are really good at the whole financial pl planning process, but also starting to get really good at dual mandate investing. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm kind of saying, hey, these CKAs that are um, also really good at faith-based investing are, are the cream of the crop. This is what the American church wants. So trying to tell that story. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what do you think is the biggest misunderstanding about faith-based investing? And let me, let me ask this question too. Is faith, would you say faith-based investing, impact investing, do you kind of use those as synonyms? I'm just curious. No, um, impact investing is a, is a subset where you're really, there is a measurable goal beyond, um, it, 
beyond the financial return. So part of faith-based investing could be a, a really good risk adjusted return that um, is doing some solid proxy voting and advocating for things that, uh, ways to love people and getting some negative things out. There's, and there's kind of a corner of, if you, if you graft it all out, there's a subset of it that really, really would fall into impact investing. Uh, like in the public markets, there's a few opportunities like Calvert Impact Bonds where they're directly getting money and lending to nonprofits, get, um, lending to um, businesses that wouldn't otherwise get lent to, or uh, like a subset of even Tide's portfolio where they're doing um, direct investments into non-illiquid uh, um, uh, research into healthcare and things like that. So uh, there's a there, that's a specific term that has kind of a higher bar of how much impact you're making. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a two-part question. What yeah, the so other, the, other the biggest misunderstanding then about faith-based investing, what would you say that is for investors? Um, I think the main one is that you have to give up financial performance to get in line with your values or to, to have a portfolio that reflects who you are. Um, there's, uh, I mean, just as a point of reference, last year um, there was um, there was a a couple of Wall Street uh, category kings came out of the Facebook. There's about a hundred funds, and there were a couple of Wall Street uh, Journal category kings. There were an, uh, there was a Lipper Fund family, um, best um, best small fund family. Um, there's a couple other major awards. Uh, the the number one healthcare fund um, on Wall Street last year was a faith based fund. Uh, just wow. the story that there's they were 32 percent above their uh, their category average. Um, there, there are some really talented folks doing a great job financially and making a difference. Mm. Um, so I think most people kind of here may have some idea that this is out there, but don't know that you could build a whole portfolio and that there's some real rock stars in the group. Yeah, I love that, man. I mean, I've seen that to be so true in our world. Like we can actually create a profit, you know, substantially, I think uh. above average returns, what people are, are comfortable accepting and yet still do amazing things with it right with that capital so i, yeah. I think i think it's also because like most people i talk and i talk with a lot of investors curry because we're we, we you yeah. know we're private capital and most responses i get which is unfortunate is that most people's idea of kind of wealth building is say well i work hard and then essentially i just kind of give my money over to my financial advisor to do what he wants with it and then hopefully yeah. by the time i'm 50 or 60 or whatever you know, my wealth will have grown, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and that's how we think about investing. Yeah. And so that's why I love the show. And I think listeners of the show might be a little bit different in that they are con more conscious or aware of how they're investing. But I think that's a piece of like, for the American yeah. church, it's not just like you work hard and your work should honor God, but man, what about the money that you're storing and putting, like, how can we, how can we leverage all of our capital, right? Yeah. All of our resources for the kingdom of God. So I think that's a hurdle too, of just helping people become more conscious or aware of what their investment dollars are doing. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely true. I, I've heard it called the two pocket mentality that, hey, I'm just gonna go make as much money as I can in my investing pocket, and then I'll give generously from my other pocket. If in the, um, and rightfully so, people say, don't try to confuse the two. They're kind of emotionally two separate uh, pockets for me. Um, and the, um, and I get that. And in some ways I uh, I've come to embrace like, Hey, emotionally it feels different when I'm considering what to give to than it does when I'm considering what to invest in. Um, 
the case that we're just seeing again and again, there's a bunch of good books like Completing Capitalism, good, The Good Jobs um, book, and there's a number of um, firms of endearment that, and um, I mean, can just rattle off studies that C12 ran, the performance that Sovereigns has seen, I mean, just study after study, performance building that, um, that it's not a competitive thing. Um, com- Many, there's a lot of companies out there doing well because they're doing good. Mm-hmm. And if you could in this pocket that let's acknowledge it is about it, it, it's the investing pocket. One of the mandates of the investing pocket is making money. Um, so some people say, let's make it one pocket, the one pocket mentality. I think there's a whole book on it. Um, and I think I, and I talked about that for, for a while, but I've come to say, no, emotionally, it's very different. That's my giving pocket. This is my investing pocket. Let's just make the investing pocket as impactful and amazing and acknowledge maybe if we have two mandates, we'll have a, uh, there's some amazing things that could happen here in the investing pocket. Mm-hmm. Hey, I just want to take a quick second and thank you for your support for this show. We have surpassed the 10,000 download mark. And I want to personally thank you and show you my commitment to continue helping you build great businesses that advance God's kingdom. I'd like to give you a couple exclusive resources for absolutely free just as a way to say thank you to help you in this great endeavor. The first is going to be a video masterclass with three heroes and mentors of mine. The first one is John Rulin, who is the author of Giftology. Jordan Rayner is a serial entrepreneur and best-selling author of Called to Create and Master of One, and he has a special video for us. And then Vinny Fisher, who is the CEO of Fully Accountable and founder of multiple eight-figure businesses, an incredible, an incredible resource for other CEOs and business owners. And then secondly, our very own Kingdom Capitalist devotional, a 10-day study to help you draw closer to God and find more purpose in your work. I'm so pumped to get these 10K gifts to you. All you have to do if you want these gifts is text the word KINGDOM to 55444. That's it. Text the word KINGDOM to 55444. One more time. Text the word KINGDOM to 55444. 444 and you will get these awesome resources delivered to you for free i'm so excited to be on this journey with you and since i know you love this show i can't wait to get these 10k bonuses to you as well thanks again all right let's get back to the show let me ask you this from an investment from an investor standpoint someone's hearing this and they really haven't thought much about this idea of like, right. They've, they've kind of had the, the, the clear two pocket mentality, right. Where they haven't really started to begin to bridge this, yeah. um, which is, I'm grateful that they're listening to the show and they're beginning to think more deeply and different about this. Like, how do you start? I guess my question was, how do you begin thinking about aligning your investment preferences and needs alongside of your kingdom values and desires to see grow as well like what how do we begin to as an investor again speaking from an investor standpoint just begin to like what are the starting steps for really beginning to thinking about that kind of depends on the person some people want to just like find a solution and like kind of set it and forget it and some people really want to dive in and just start educating themselves mm-hmm. um, there are some amazing books out there like uh, the king um 
practicing the king's economy, completing mm -hmm. capitalism, um, firms of endearment um, that can start just telling story after story where you can start, because it sounds too good to be true. Companies are doing incredibly well because they're doing well, like that you can have your cake and eat it too, to just start gaining a framework. All right, this is a thing, this is happening, um, and like build a framework for it. And um, honestly, for the journey, that we were on with faithbasedinvesting.co was at first it was born from all these conversations where people would hear us tell stories and would be like, how do I do it? You know, how do I exactly the question that you just asked me? And our first reaction was write it down. I'll just publish a portfolio and then people can go do it. But in customer interviews of people who were subscribing, they said, well, that's great, but can you just find me an advisor who does this? I, I don't really like to log in and find tickers and rebalance and stuff like that. Uh, what, I, what I really want is an advisor. And finally, we kind of had the eureka moment. Wait, there are some great advisors who do this well. For most people, the first step is doing a little bit of research and then finding a top quality advisor who can walk them through a process of what do they value? What are the options? Because um, most people don't want to know what, al what alpha and beta and uh, sharp ratios and the difference between how an ETF trades and how a mutual fund trades and tax strategies and all this stuff that goes into being a great investment advisor, you know? Right. Right. No, that's so huge. And I want to get into the advisors that you're working with and whatnot, but um, maybe, and maybe this is a great bridge question. Like how then do we in it? Cause I know you have another fund Eagle venture fund where you're actually funding different companies. And so maybe this question can be a good bridge for that. Like how do you at Eagle venture fund, and we can talk about if you'd like what that is, but how do you measure, like how do we begin to measure impact as an investor? Right. And especially someone who doesn't have all the resources like Eagle Venture Fund um, begin to measure yeah. really what impact is? It is the biggest question in faith-based investing, and I would submit in the entire ESG movement, movement right now um, of how do you measure impact? Because frankly, we've only begun to touch the surface of what would be possible if kind of Wall Street moved on these, on these metrics. And um, so it's a massive question that we've just, uh, uh, that isn't fully being addressed right now. Mm -hmm. Currently for Eagle Venture Fund, we're telling stories and, um, and it'll go company by company of, well, all right, if you're, if you're um, all about um, saving lives from bullying and train, training kids that they, um, that they value, then how many kids did you train? Can you extrapolate lives that were saved? Um, and there's a very, um, it's very bespoke because that company is very different from the group that's trying to save lives from malaria or some just Christian entrepreneurs who are great, building great software businesses and taking a stand that they won't work with, um, with the adult inter entertainment industry and need backing um, like that. Um, so it's very bespoke company by company. Um, what um and we want it to be i think is what i would make a case because we uh, we want um a, a fossil fuels company to get measured on how they're dealing with the earth around their fossil fuels right we and we want the software company to figure out all right 
in terms of how we touch the world, where can we make the most positive impact? That might be just awesome healthcare workers for, or healthcare for all their developers in India. Or, I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing sure. to take a holistic look at who does your company touch and figure out where you turn the dial. And, um, and sometimes we get stuck looking at kind of the, um, the giving of a company. Uh, they'll have like 10 billion in revenue and 10 million in giving and kind of focus on their giving and all the things they're doing. We're like, who, honestly, who cares about the 10 million you gave? Let's look at the mechanism of the $10 billion mm. machine and who you're touching. Um, mm. And one of our startups is, uh, is focused on how do you really, um, how do you create a, uh, a worldwide system for measuring and reporting impact. Um, and that's a, that's a really interesting story as well. So. Wow. <laughs> uh, so let's, I mean, let's make the turn into Eagle Venture Fund. This is a, what you, like, who, who are you backing? Like for you, what is the type of companies that you're really looking and what are they accomplishing in the market right now? So primarily software as a service and financial technology um, startups, early stage uh, C through series A, um, entrepreneurs that um, that love Jesus and are trying to change something in the world <laughs> uh, that uh, see something broken that needs uh, that needs fixed and um, we uh, we look at a lot of companies and only get to invest in in a few but just have an amazing set of entrepreneurs that um, the the sheer creativity and scalability of the the potential for change is really really fun mm -hmm. um, and but it's a lot of work um, as well, because early stage companies hit a lot of speed bumps and um, and have a lot of um, uh, it's a journey as well. But I love it. I don't want to. I'm sorry to bounce back, but a couple of questions actually came back to me that I know our audience will want to know. So, and we chatted about mutual funds beforehand. Going back to faith based investing, like what are some things out there for investors as far as products? And then let's talk about advisors too. Like where do we go? How do how did we begin to actually do this? Mm -hmm. There's about a hundred ETFs and mutual funds. Um, the biggest names uh, that I would start with are Eventide, Asset Management, Praxis, Guidestone. Um, some of Inspire stuff is uh, is really good, um, and uh, obviously every uh, every one of those have funds you need to look at the risk re return what's what's right for your situation but those are some of um that with um the calvert impact bonds as well if you're wanting to di dial up the impact um and then most people it makes sense to uh, in some way either briefly or long term engage an advisor who can help them figure out all right here's the world of investing here's your situation um, and come up with a plan um, for for how that's done mm. um, and um, currently we um, uh, the best place that I know to send people if they want to get started in this is is faithbasedinvesting.co, um, which I know sounds uh, self-serving, but um, that's that's why you're here. Because talking about it, that's exactly the problem we're trying to solve. You know, <laughs> oh, if it had been solved already, I wouldn't have put all the work into building right. it. Hundred um, percent. No, I so. love that. So faithbased faithbasedinvesting.co, they can get connected to some type of advisor there, who could really kind of put them on this track. Yeah, there's a yeah. find an advisor function. You just scroll through. They they describe themselves and what they're passionate about. And you just can reach straight out to them through there. I love that. So let, let's switch over then to 
this Eagle Venture Fund? Because I'm curious as an entrepreneur, you know, and you're raising capital for this, just like, so I get that's who you're backing. You're looking for Christian CEOs, entrepreneurs from a capital standpoint and really going out and raising money from the market. Who are those typical, typical clients and how are you pitching this? What, what does this look like from on the raising capital side of things? It's been a mix of registered investment advisors, family offices, and individuals that have come behind us. Um, though we, we have a couple institutions that, um, that will probably, we hope will come into fund two that's getting launched here this summer. Um, so it's been uh, across the spectrum so far, we'll probably um, be focused on the RIA family office and mm-hmm. smaller institutions based on fund two. I, I think that's interesting because like there's always, Again, like again, here here's a fund that's focused primarily on like Christian entrepreneurs and impact investing, and to think like there's large amounts of capital that want to go towards that. I mean, what is it, Wes? Is it the vision that you're selling? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? What sets you apart? Do you think in their eyes that you know family offices or even you know private investors actually want to come and place their capital with with Eagle Venture? Um. It's a combination of um, a couple of my partners are just absolutely extraordinary pedigrees. <laughs> um, Wade Myers is, I think he's done 47 startups or something, um, or, or investments, and 25 of them he started himself. Um, and Rafi has started dozens of companies himself. And so they've been, rather than just being a, a capital allocators, I just have incredible partners that have been been through this so many times. So when we're walking with entrepreneurs, we're not taking pot shots at what we think is at capital allocators, the entrepreneur should, uh, um, should do. We've been in their shoes and we can uh, try to be nice about those tough moments, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, so, um, so you're really walking alongside of the, of the companies that you're, you're helping fund as well. Yeah, um, and yeah. Huge. And then we just, we, um, having been in the space for a number of years, we see tons of deals and get to have the pick of, um, uh, of a, a lot of amazing companies. And, yeah. um, and then we, people look back at our track record and see, uh, um, and see the performance as well. So. Can I share this too? Because we have a lot of folks who are raising capital for their own funds or investments, you know, especially on the real estate side of things too. I know a lot of investors. I, I want to ask you this question just from like an entrepreneur standpoint, the importance and especially maybe the growing importance of, of selling the vision before you sell the returns, right? Like I, I and I think this conversation is really telling to that, that more and more people are becoming more concerned with the vision than the maybe the ROI I don't know what, what what's your take on that um so I I what my style is um, is that I like to kind of flash the vision and then go all finances for quite a while because you can basically you're saying you can have I think most people are coming into a question like this and saying can I actually have the profit and the impact that I want? So I like to, and I coach the companies that I'm working with to do similarly. If you go all like, we're going to change the world. We're going to save lives. We're going to change the world. We're going to save lives. Oh yeah. And we're going to make a profit. It doesn't feel right because um, the whole time you're kind of wondering as a, as an investor, am I going to lose my money? Is this a good deal? Yes. But you sound like a nonprofit. What's going on here? Mm. Um, So I've, 
as an investor, generally, you're coming into the, the um, to these types of situations asking, the, can I have my cake and eat it too? Can I have both mandates? So starting with, yeah, uh, we make a big impact. It's, it's there. I'll tell you more about it later. Now, let me tell you about all the ways that financially this is a, um, that we really hit that second mandate. And then at the end, let's start some telling some stories about this guy's life was changed. This guy's life was changed. This guy's life was changed. Um, because then you can kind of comfortably enjoy the impact because you know, all right, I think I, this really makes a lot of sense. This IRR looks attractive. These guys, have, I mean, you've hit all the wickets to, to be excited from a financial perspective. Then you can enjoy the impact, if you will. Yeah. Um, so. I think some, when you go watch these pitches at Lion's Den and different groups, if you try to go all impact too much and haven't talked finances, it's, it doesn't sound like a, um, an investment pitch. Um, yeah, Lion's Den is another organization we haven't had on here yet, but uh, I've learned about, I'm excited to, uh, to be able to spotlight them. Wes, where do you see this industry really going, man? This, this industry of financial advising and, you know, even within mutual funds, like where, where are we heading what can we look forward to? Um, what should we be aware of, you know, as a church, as, as a, you know, kingdom capitalist? Mm -hmm. I believe, um, I mean, I'm really uh, kind of putting a line in the sand and, and, and predicting that more and more, both outside the church and inside the church, um, Morningstar just put out an article saying, uh, basically the, the summary was, if you're not an ESG investor already, you will be. Um, this is where everybody is moving. And inside the church, it's going to look ESG like- ESG investor, what do you mean? Uh, environmental social governance. Sorry, throwing out the We don't know what that means, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's uh, a bunch of trillions have moved into it, this. It's the largest bucket for some form of social concern uh, hmm. expressed in the mandate or the uh, or the prospectus of the fund. Um, and if, just as a point of reference, about five billion a year, or sorry, uh, was moving into ESG impact investing until last year when it jumped up. 20 million or 20 billion wow. and that was almost all in the fourth quarter um, so we're hitting the hockey stick in uh, assets moving into um, some sort of socially responsible mandate um, and just the the polls are incredibly clear um, 90 percent of millennials are saying i expect my investments to align with my values mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's uh, for baby boomers, it's more like 60% or something like that. But um, I'm kind of saying this is where the marketplace is going in 10 years and advisors, uh, everybody is going to be not even in a conversation point. It's how good are you at it? It's not going to be this is what an advisor is supposed to be or this is what um, this is what investing should be, um, which is exciting. Uh, and I'm excited to see it go there. I, the, um, I just want to see the faith-based um, part of it um, just iterate to more and more excellence so that we have incredible integrity in how we do it and incredible excellence in, in the funds so that um, it's really a fun ride. <laughs> yeah, no, that's excellent. No, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it's not necessarily a Christian movement. It maybe is a conscious movement towards some of yeah. those things. And I think that's really excellent. Last question, Wes. Um, because you, you have such a unique perspective because you deal in both worlds. Like you're in the real estate world really deep and we haven't even talked about that. Yeah. You're, you're, you are part of some incredible things. Folks, 
just continue to listen to the King of Capitalist show. And unfortunately, I don't think Wes will be on the next one when we interview one of his partners. Um, but there's some amazing things happening on the real estate side of things that Wes is a part of. But I want to ask you this question because you're in both. You're in the private equity, you know, you're in the, the public markets, but you're in real estate. I find that most investors, um, there's a, if they're, especially like they're working with a financial advisor, they're not really in the real estate world of things, right? And kind of the, the alternative yeah. investment class. But if they're yeah. in their alternative side of things, they really not in the, <laughs> you know, the public market. There's this real kind of wall or barrier or whatever. Yeah. And I guess my question, like from an average, like I keep saying average investor, but an everyday investor, right? Who really doesn't want to be so consumed with an investment portfolio, or maybe he's a business owner. He just wants to say focused on his business or her business. Uh-huh. How do you begin to kind of bring those so that you can be aware and conscious of like, I'm not just seeing what's publicly traded, but there's also things like real estate that can be invested in. How do you help folks really do both of those things? Or or what would be your, maybe your thought there to help people um, kind of bring those two worlds together? Um, I'm a big fan of both. <laughs> the, the, the combination of the two is incredibly powerful. Um, liquidity is really nice. <laughs> when you need to sell something, being able to sell it is powerful. And being stuck in an investment that you can't sell um, when you need to create liquidity is really tough. Um, but there, there's just some amazing opportunities opportunities to do um, incredible investing and make incredible impact. There, there's, I love the private markets. They're the things that we can do through venture capital and you'll get to, uh, you're alluding to the things that are happening in real estate, um, building on 20 years of work at apartment life. Um, there's, it's just incredibly exciting what you can do in the private markets. Um, so I'm trying to remember, we, we had a line we would use so much at the investment advisor that I've worked at for five years. It was around, um, it was wealth is built in the private markets, but liquidity is provided by the public markets. Mm-hmm. And a lot of business owners and, and real estate investors understand that. Um, and so being all illiquid is not great advice because you need to be able to be ready for the unexpected. I think it's prudent and biblical to say we don't know what's coming um, and to have a, a acceptable amount of liquidity. Um, but, um, but wealth is primarily built in the private markets. Um, that's... Um, that's, That's a just, great goal. <laughs> you gotta look at you gotta look at the the stats. There's a reason you build and sell to the public markets. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's such a good. I've never. I mean, I I know that. I've thought about that. But I love the way you put that. Wealth is built in the private markets. Liquidity is built in the public markets. Which, I think, for investors is helpful. To like, if you're only in the public markets, right there. That hopefully, this show and, and guests like Wes and guests we're going to be having on and guests we've had on have opened your eyes to this, that, that truth about the wealth that's there in private markets. But I think you're so right on the public markets are important because that's where we, you know, liquidity is, is available. Meaning cash, meaning you can get your cash back to be able to use for things that you need right now. So, uh, Wes, man, this is, uh, I, I love talking about this. I feel like we nerded out a little bit, man. So I, you know, I, maybe some, um, thanks for having me on. <laughs> this is fun, man. It really is. Uh, I think it's cool. It's, as I'm growing in my own journey as, as an entrepreneur and investor, I'm sure our audience is as well. And so um, it really is great, man, to have conversations like this. And I think in some ways just kind of raise the consciousness of, um, of our investing practices and, and how we're really leveraging all things. I, I think it's, you know, um, when we do stand before God, 
that we will be held accountable, not just for our actions and the things that we do on a day to day, but we have our, our investments and our dollars. And you know what I mean? And, and regardless if we're not, regardless if we will or not be held to those things, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to put those things in front of the Lord too and say, look what I did with my capital and my wealth. And I trust and I leverage all of these things for the kingdom. So I don't know, man, thanks for that, that vision and that reminder and the work that you're doing to really help investors do that. Thank you for your voice in this space as well. You're pushing it forward and I really appreciate the role you're playing there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything else, man, before we get off that you'd want to say? Let me ask you this then. And I haven't asked this in a while. And so it's kind of a reminder. As a kingdom capitalist, as a kingdom investor, Mm -hmm. biggest struggle for you right now that that might relate to our audience? Um, It's about finding his rest. There's so many cool things happening and I can, um, I can get a little bit stressed even about the impact elements of uh, you extrapolate, whoa, if, if these many lives could be saved, we have to get this project right. These many people could come to Christ, we have to get this project right. Um, I'm catching glimpses of what it's like uh, where the Lord will just give me this incredible peace mm-hmm. of walking in the peace that passes understanding. Um, I, whether we call it the peace that passes understanding or walking walking in step with the Spirit, um, the experience is so radically different. Um, so I've, uh, I, and maybe I'm at like a couple days a week where I feel like I really spend the day in this place where I know I'm a son of the king and there's nothing to fear, nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to lose. <laughs> and uh, and I'd love to take it from the one or two days a week that I live in that crazy piece to seven days a week. Um, that's kind of, and then maybe I'll spend the rest of my life trying to figure that out, but that's, it's that's an amazing so place when I'm there. Mm. I think that's so good. Everyone, uh, make sure you go give Wes a shout out on social media. Uh, check him out at faithdriveninvestor.co. Is there any other places, Wes, that you would point them to? Is that based the, investing, I'm sorry, investing.co. I'm going to let you do it. I'll be quiet. Where did they go, Wes? <laughs> Faithdrivenvesting.co. Faith Driven Investor is an awesome site. Love Henry, Justin, and those guys. Yeah, two different places. Faithbasedinvesting.co is where you can go to learn more about this. And, um, Wes is also on LinkedIn, so screenshot this episode and uh, post it on LinkedIn. Share with a friend. Tag Wes and myself and let us know how you're enjoying this show. We'd love, love to hear your feedback and always appreciate that five-star review. It goes a, a long ways in being able to bring guests like Wes on the show. But hey, look, Wes, we got 150 reviews, man. People actually like this show. We're, we're good people here. So seriously, if you like this content, if you're if you're enjoying this, if you're getting something out of it, those two things go a really long ways. We appreciate that. As always, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. There you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guests of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.